Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. You guys are wild. You listeners are wild. I asked you to tweet me questions. Drop it into my DMs with ridiculous questions. Come on now. Jonathan Smith is with us, Oregon State's football coach. Hey, nice job last week. Yeah, you, you know, you take them how they, however they come, and anytime you find a way to win a game, you feel good about it, so I appreciate it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but your mother reads me online, okay? And she she posted, I wrote the game column, and I wrote, you know, how, you know, Jonathan Smith's got stones, and all these people were like, you know, he's got, he's got balls, you know. And there's a comment from your mom who says, I don't know how I feel about everybody talking about my son's anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to her this week, so I might have to, might have to ask her about that one. But, don't, um... don't tell her to stay off there. I like that, you know, she's not, I got Dan Lanning's dad who's posting your, your mom's reading. This is a, this is good. I don't want you to punish her for for uh, having a voice in this. But you, that was okay. A, that was guts, man. What, give it. Take us through that. All right. So you get down in there. Situation. You've gone through this a whole bunch of times. But what goes through your head? Yeah. Well, a ton. Um, and just quickly recapping. I mean, again, there's pass interference, and I needed. We needed clarification. Was it in the end zone or was it before? That that made a difference where the ball was at. And I, I thought they were really late on letting us know that in the end zone, the ball's going to be on the two-yard line. So we're sitting there. I'm waiting on the white hat to actually announce it to the crowd. He does. You can't even hear it because the crowd's going. So anyhow, it's really late on recognizing that it's going to be on the two. So we spent a little time and called timeout as the clock play clock goes down. And then, you know, digesting what the coach is, what do you like, what do you don't. And, guys were kind of back and forth. It's like, okay, forget it. We're going to kick it. So we send the guys out there to kick it. And then as JT, Coach Tedford, walks down to call timeout, I'm just sitting there marinating on it and thinking about the, old, the best outcome here is a tie game. And, you know, there's no, it's not 100% that we're going to make from the four halves. Yep. And so anyhow, he calls timeout and more, more time to think about it. I was like, no, let's go, let's go do this thing with our own line, tight ends, Jack Coletto send them out there again to run the play. They call timeout again, and then Coletto comes over and says, hey, coach, I'd rather run this one. And then we've got a couple plays, short yardage, goal line plays for Coletto, and, and Coletto wants a different play. So it's like, you know what, you want that? Okay, we're going to do that. And then we send him out there, and, and obviously he scores. He was on yesterday's show, and he talked about that moment, and I said I felt like you guys were going in the A-gap like you did earlier in the game. He said, you know, it's funny you say that. We talked about it, and we changed the play, and they liked the look. You like, obviously, you guys liked the look you got. You trust your players. That comes out in that. Like, there's, I think there's some coaches that wouldn't have taken that input. They would have said, hey, I know what I'm trying to get here. What goes into yeah. you trusting your guys? Well, it starts up front with the O-line, be able to create some movement, the tight ends, uh, obviously Jack Coletto. Uh, I know the work they put into this thing. I know the type of players they are and the capability they have to make it physical and get us two yards. And, and, and again, I go back to if the game's on the line 
and you're in a hostile place and you got two yards to get, if you feel good and trust these guys up front and Coletto, well, let them go do it. And obviously it came through for us. Jeff Tedford, I believe, on the sideline, because the camera cut to him. I'm up in the press box. I can actually see your assistants through the glass. They all kind of stopped what they were doing, and I thought, oh, they're going for it. Like this, They weren't in like field goal kicking position as assistant coaches in the box. They were like on the edge of their seats. And, and I think Tedford smiled on the sideline. I, I, did he say anything to you afterwards about it? You know, those things, those exchanges are so quick after the game. You know, it was quick, great game. Obviously, I got a bunch of respect for him, that program, a bunch of those coaches, their players. They played great. I just thought it was a great college football game. Um, and so if he is smiling, I didn't see that. But if he is, I think he's got an appreciation for how that game was back and forth, how competitive it was. And, you know, obviously we, we went for the win and got it. Jonathan Smith with us, Oregon State football coach. Uh, your guys have been talking about being one and zero every week. Uh, you're you're, but you're sitting at two and zero. You haven't been in this position. You did something that you hadn't frequently done. You won on the road. You've talked about that. There's something about this team. It's very mature. The maturity in the locker room. How does that help you on game day? Yeah, I do think we got some maturity. Some of that's the experience. These guys have been through uh, some ups and downs, um, and it needs to to continue to go. I think it helped us in that game. You know, we were down two scores uh, late in the third quarter, kept on battling, understanding the game's long. And, we, you know, there's three touchdowns scored in the last two minutes of that game. And so I think some of our maturity, even on the last drive, knowing that the thing's not over, we can continue to execute. And you go back to trusting players. We've got a lot of guys. I really like this team and really trust that these guys are putting in work and mean something to them. Um, not that anything's easy, not that anything's guaranteed to us, but I do like this group that can play for four quarters. Larry, who is a listener of the show, tweeted at me, and he says, ask Jonathan Smith if there's anything that has surprised him on the field this season. Is there something – has, has your team done something or a player done something that surprised you? <laughs> well, of course, my coaching bias comes into it. Yes, yeah, surprises like we can't function some of the times. I think about it offensively. <laughs> Some of these drop balls and false starts and mis-ID'd here and there. we we got to clean that up. Um, I don't know about surprise because I do feel like i got some confidence in these guys. I've been pleasantly um, not surprised but just optimistic on some of our new players. Silas Bolden making a bunch of plays for us. Reverse goes for a touchdown. He had a huge third-down catch on the first drive of the game. Uh, you know, defensively, James Rawls has made a huge step in his game from what he played a little bit last year, but he is a different player and a really good one right now. And so that, that's been nice to see some of these on, newcomers come along with these veterans to take a step in their game. Have you heard the radio call of Mike Parker losing his marbles? Like, you know, have you heard that call? Of... You know, I haven't. <laughs> I, I haven't. I imagine it was pretty exciting at the end there. Yeah, Stephen, can we cue that up for Coach? I, I think it would be awesome to, like, get his reaction to it because I think it's one of those moments where, you know, Mike Parker's been around this program since before you were a player, and you, uh, you know, are in this moment, but there's, like, fans got to hear it. You know, Stephen, you got it? All right, he's working on it, but it 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 was the kind of thing where, I just felt like, you know, the emotion of that moment, you got to live it on the sideline, and I kind of want you to hear what people 
got to hear is it was part of the game because th- that scene on the sideline with Coletto, like here's the other thing. Coletto talked about this yesterday. He scores, hands the ball to the official, and then it's Bedlam. What was it like for you in yeah. that that moment? Yeah, it, our whole group, our whole sideline goes and uh, and celebrates together. And I actually showed that uh, clip on the end of the game film of the you know, more or less the entire sideline celebrating together and just reminding them that this is the ultimate team game. And this team, how unified they are, like all three phases having to contribute to a win and celebrating that, that was definitely a a special moment. Jonathan Smith with us, Oregon State football coach. I'm going to play that clip for you here in a second. I'm pulling it up now. But let me ask you, you know, Montana State, we talked to their coach on the show earlier today. They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to play field position. Uh, It's really interesting clash of offensive style because I think you guys – have some of the same objectives when you watch montana state on film what do you see yeah i think they do a really good job they got some players and they're well coached i mean schematically there's not a lot of holes into it they challenge you on offense and being disciplined with your eyes the way they run the ball with the quarterback hand it to the back hand it to fly sweep um they do they do a good job of being creative and and it's tough to defend i just i just think this whole unit has great pride because they know how to win. They've won 14 of their last 17 games. You know what you're doing if you're playing for a national championship last year. A lot of those players are back. And so we're going to have to play well. This isn't one of these games where we can just cruise into this thing. they got our complete attention and understanding. There's a good chance this thing's going to go for four quarters. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be fun to see a game played at Providence Park as well, sold out. Here's the call, though. Here's the call from Saturday night. In uh, at the end of regulation, last play of the game, let it rip. Coletto awaiting the shotgun snap. The Beavers try to win it. Coletto runs to the right. Coletto in! Touchdown, Beavers! And the Beavers defeat Fresno State! Jack Coletto, the hammer scores. The Beavers win it for the first time ever in this stadium. The Beavers win it! There it is. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. You appreciate Mike Parker. I mean, this guy's been around a long time. He's totally invested uh, in all the sports. I, you know, obviously football <laughs> in. He's doing all the games, basketball. He does a great job in baseball. Um, you do appreciate kind of his loyalty. He's a fan of the thing, and it means something to him when we have success. So uh, that's awesome to hear. Jack Coletto is interesting because you use him all over the place in in a variety of ways. It. Is that a normal thing for a coaching staff to identify that and use a guy like that? Or there's part of me that wants to think when you arrived, you know, I'm not, I don't want to disrespect the players who are there, but when you arrived, the talent level wasn't where it needed to be. And you maybe got a chance to see some guys in different roles. And, you know, am I reaching too much or is there some logic there? Well, I think there's some uniqueness to Jack for sure. I do think that, you know, early on it, it takes a little time, but you learn about your players and what they're capable of doing. And over time now with Jack and, you know, doing the quarterback thing, making the switch to defense, uh, he's very capable of understanding both sides. He wants to be on special teams. He has physical tools to do it. I do think it's unique to have a player that you're asking. I think he played almost 30 snaps of defense, started on every special team, and then obviously doing the – it's not just the Wildcat quarterback thing. The guy's playing fullback, leading up, and some of the runs, Fenwick goes for 100 yards. A lot of that is creases that Coletto creates. So I think it's unique, his skill set, and then for him to be able to fit in on both, both sides of the ball. 
the way we're using them. How did you celebrate the game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, yes, because we go back to the locker room, and, yeah, you know, we sing the fight song, and there's celebration, and you're loving up guys, and, and that's all good. And then you go back to where, where the coaches hang out. Well, and I, I regret doing this, but the first thing out of my mouth, and I'm talking to D.C., talking <laughs> about why we're playing so much man coverage, and they're gashing us here and there, and I'm talking to the O.C. about dropping the ball, and then this and that, I'm not, I wasn't celebrating that long. It's funny because your coaches, I ran into your coaches like 30 seconds after you guys scored. They were up in the box, right? I'm in the hallway. They're in the hallway. Lindgren looked like he was ready to fight somebody. He was in that that kind of, uh, he was in, you know, his adrenaline was going. Like, you know, I just think he was yeah. amped, you know. He very serious look on his face. He wasn't like jumping around or smiling. He just was kind of no-nonsense going down the hallway like, you know, we got the win, let's get out of here kind of m mentality. And I just think that's really interesting to, to see you guys having fun how different is this now than maybe two years ago when it you know you weren't getting this kind of result right there's no question i think our expectations are a lot higher and i think it's a failure on the coaches end uh and you know this across the country but coaches so so often you can win a game and you're right back to what you could have done better which is you know somewhat good to have that mentality but at some point, can you not enjoy the win for 30 minutes after the thing? Um, and look, I, you know, Lincoln did a good job, shoot huge two two drives at the end of the game to help us win the thing. And his quarterback played really well. Um, even Trent Bram giving them the defensive end, playing too much man coverage. That guy did a great job in the red zone. And so all of us as coaches, you know, it, we got to enjoy these wins because this business is too tough not to. Amen to that. I think you got to celebrate the wins. Uh, your family had to be really happy. Your kids had to be happy when you saw them. But now you turn focus to this game coming up uh, here in Portland. Chance to be three and zero. Chance to go to conference play undefeated. Uh, you know, if we look ahead, you got USC at home. It would be it would be huge to be three and zero in that setting. Uh, what do you need to do against Montana State to come away with a win? Yeah, I think we got to score. I mean, I look at it because they offensively control the clock and run the ball. This clock's going to move. If we can be efficient scoring on offense early on and try to, try, but, you know, to score early enough to where they feel like they want to get out of their run game and, and, and feel the need to throw it a little bit. we got to tackle well because, again, I go back to this discipline, the eyes, quarterback's going to run it, fly sweet, get the ball. we got to tackle well and have our eyes right. If we get those things going, um, we're going to have a good chance. All right, uh, Coach. I congrats on the win. Uh, you are two and zero, heading to uh, week three of the season. I think you're in good shape and uh, probably feeling pretty good about things. Uh, Health-wise, uh, I know Luke Musgraves not expected to play this weekend. But is it a serious thing or is it? Hey, let's just get him right for conference play thing. No, and Luke won't play. Uh, and there's potential for it being more than just one week. Uh, we'll see how it continues to recover, but. Uh, for sure not this week, and it potentially could be a little bit longer. Trey Lowe, for sure, that won't, won't be this back this week, or hopeful, by the uh, middle of the year or whatnot. And, and it's college football. I think everybody, every program across the country has got a guy or two down. Uh, we need the next guy to step up. Jonathan Smith, thank you for uh, coming on the show, and appreciate you taking the questions. Don't yeah, you know, Make sure your that. mom, don't tell your mom not to comment. Like I, I thought it was a really funny comment. So you leave her alone. Let her do. Okay. We'll do. I got it. Yep. All right. We'll do. <laughs> All right. Jonathan Thank Smith. You. There he is. Oregon State football coach. It's true.
Uh, you know, Dan Lanning's dad commenting in the comment section at johnconzano.com and Jonathan Smith's mother commenting in the comment section at johnconzano.com. Dan Lanning's dad supporting his son and Jonathan Smith's mom, as everybody was going, he's got stones, he's, you know, like, you know, what a, what a big decision. And all of her comment was, was, hey, it was a great win. I'm not sure how I feel about people commenting about my son's anatomy. Leave it here. You got the bald face truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Coming up top of the hour, what do we have, Stephen? We got Peter Simpson. We got we, uh, got we got Talk Timbers today. Timbers. Talk Timbers coming up top of the hour. Hot I don't even. Race. They're in the playoffs. It's good. I think they need to give uh, the uh, Portland State football team use of their stadium. Bruce Barnum was outspoken about that on yesterday's show. I wrote about it today. I'm not even sure where I am in the show. Do I have one segment left or two? I don't know. This is the final segment. This is it. Okay, so I'm in good shape. Yeah, great shape. All right, there you go. See, <laughs> this is this is how aware I am. Uh, it's interesting. I had one of the affiliates reach out to me, and they said, hey, when you come back from commercial break, we need you to wait like one second before you start in because apparently I'm starting in too soon. I'm like, I'm excited to talk, man. Can't hold me back. Got to let it let me run. Um, Jonathan Smith says Luke Musgrave's injury may keep him out for more than one week. Is he playing? Is it gamesmanship for USC? Is that yeah. what he's doing there? Yeah, gamesmanship, I think, for sure. I, 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 if Luke Musgrave plays, I think Oregon State has a chance to stay with USC because, I, again, we've talked about this defense at USC. Yes, they've caused a lot of turnovers, but can they do it for a whole game if you're going to be pounding the rock on them? I think there's a chance you can score in them. Oregon State needs uh, Luke Musgrave. I think it's definitely gamesmanship in that one. I, I think he is because it was the way he slipped it in at the end there. It's like he wanted someone to know about it. Like, Musgrave's out this week. Uh, Trey Lowe, uh, who did not make the trip to Fresno, did not play in that game, also out. Uh, They're going to need those guys if they're going to compete against a team like USC. Yeah, he didn't have to say it. You're right. Like, he didn't have to mention that, you know, it could be more than a week. All he had to say was, yeah, they're injured. You know, we're going to see what reevaluate them later on this week. Because these coaches, I got to be honest with you, I'm not not saying Oregon State or Oregon or any of the – all of them in the Pac-12, they all have people who scour the Internet scour Twitter, looking for news reports, trying to find out who's healthy and who's not. I had last year in uh, Oregon State had played USC, and Drake London had a big game against, uh, at least a big initial game against uh, Oregon State, but Oregon State won the game. But I had another Pac-12 coach who wanted you know to, me to tell him what, Drake London looked like on the sideline at the game like how hurt was he or was he injured or you know and I was like man you guys are like way into this like and I noticed when Fresno State was lining up to warm up they had two coaches whose job it was to stand at midfield with a roster and they were literally going down the roster checking who was in uniform and who was not in uniform so way inside the college football game where the rest of us are getting a hot dog or settling into our seat the coaches are going, okay, is 12 playing? Is 14 playing? Is, you see 15? Do you They're think go- that they should – it should be more like the NFL where they have to disclose it because there is so much money now on the line with gambling and everything like that? Or do you like kind of the secrecy of the gamesmanship that it has in college football? I don't know. Like, because in the NFL, like, 
Okay, so the NFL finds the teams if they don't give accurate injury reports or whatnot, but the way that Jonathan Smith put that, like, should he have to list that Musgrave is out for this week's game? Next week, will he have to go questionable? Like, how far do you have to go with that uh, if you're Jonathan Smith? And I do think you're right. Like, the game has changed because there's so much gambling out there. Like, why aren't there rules for college coaches? But who's going to regulate that? Yeah, that's the tough part is well, what are they really going to do, right? You can't really suspend them, you know, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I kind of I like the, uh, you know, the questions that you get right before game time. Well, that's what that's the story of Brent Musburger, right? You know that's why he said you're looking live. It was for all the gamblers so they knew what the weather was like. Ah, there you go. Brent Musburger, you're looking live. Brent, Mu- Brent Musburger, he's a uh, – we've had him on the show. He is – he is a guy who's into that gambling world too. He, li- I think, he lives in Vegas. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of basically started like the Vsin Gambling Network. But yeah, that was the story. Is the the gamblers told him to make sure to tell him what the weather was like, and so he would always say, "You were looking live," so the gamblers knew, okay, it's sunny out or it's rainy out, and then they could try to get one last bet in because you know it'd be like the little pregame warm up. that's like five minutes before kickoff, you get another bet in. Do you think that uh, social media, because we do have in-game wagering now? Do you think that social media plays a role in the odds on in-game wagering or how on the ball are the uh, various apps and casinos? I think they're really on. Um, I, you know, I look at the gambling odds, and I don't take them to heart every single time, but I do think it's a good barometer of just how you can check on how your team is doing. Like It's a good you know, 1,000 mi- thousand miles up in the air view of what your team is perceived as. Tomorrow's program, Dan Lanning. Oregon football coach will be with us. Also tomorrow, David Carter's going to join us. He's a professor at USC. We're going to talk on tomorrow's show about the landscape of NIL, uh, the media rights negotiations, whatnot. Jaden Grant will be with us, Oregon State's uh, uh, team captain. And then we got a comedian on tomorrow's show, Nick Cody, the former University of Oregon offensive lineman. Get this, guys. He has been dabbling with stand-up comedy. And he is performing a comedy show in Eugene this weekend around the run-up to the BYU-Oregon game. Former offensive lineman, played for Chip Kelly, has been on the show. Uh, I feel like I have some inside intel on this because he started taking a comedy class and he sent me some of his early onstage videos. And now he is doing his first show coming up in Eugene this weekend. What do you guys think of that? I can't imagine anything more frightening than going on stage and doing that. <laughs> He's coming on tomorrow's show. We'll talk about that with Nick Cody on tomorrow's show, and we'll give the details for people who want to actually see him. He'll be in Eugene at one of the restaurants or bars that is doing an open mic, and he's going to do a comedy routine. And I, I don't know. I give him some feedback. I said, you know, you gotta, you got to go to your strength. You know, he was doing some of his early routines. And he wasn't addressing the idea that he's this big, giant human being up on the stage. Like, you know, he was trying to do, like, normal comedy. And I was like, man, the elephant in the room is you. Like, you know, you're the biggest guy in the room. Tell the story. You Talk about your own experiences. Yeah. You know, because he's giant. <laughs> the Bald Face Truth, not here for a long time, just a good time. Grab a podcast of this show. Share it liberally with your friends. Don't be greedy. And we're back tomorrow with another great program. Again, Dan Lanning. Jaden Grant and Nick Cody on tomorrow's show. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Baltimore. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but 
If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.